you're watching HCCTV, where home is where the heartland is. excited for a new journey. Let's see if we can't find her a new path. Hi, my name is Fauna and um, I make small intricate floral arrangements for high-end dollhouses. Do you like my fish? I'm looking for an island just for me and and my 17 ethically taxidermied birds. I have a budget of $18 million. Oh, and uh, I don't really care for people. Well, welcome Heartland in this room and online. We're so glad that you are here with us today. Um, I want to tell you about my favorite Christmas present that I got this year, you guys. And I got some really nice and thoughtful gifts, and many of you know that I love dogs, and there were dog gifts in there that I really liked, but my very favorite gift was absolutely free. It was didn't cost a dime, and I don't know how to describe the joy. It was an experience. I want you to think about something where you just like, your heart soars, like you just love this so much. It is so much fun. And so it started with two separate questions from my grown daughters, Amy and Stacy, and they said this to me. They said, Mom, would you help me organize and declutter my closets and my kitchen? Some of you can relate, you love the home edit show, like you get excited. You guys, I can't think about organizing stuff in bed because I won't be able to go to sleep. Like I love it this much. So who doesn't love taking chaos and bringing and simplifying it down? And you know, you always have three piles, like the stuff you're gonna keep, the stuff you're gonna toss or donate or give away, and the stuff that needs to be repaired. And, and I love it because it just, have you ever, like, you can't find a stapler? Like, where do we keep the stapler in the house? You know, it just makes life easier and simpler. My children would not let me take before and after pictures of their homes, so we're gonna look at a little online ones. Like that, like, I don't even know what's in that closet. Is it a linen closet? What's happening there? There's a lot of stuff. And then you do your magic, you work, you develop the system, and the after is, Beautiful, beautiful. I love decluttering. And so we have one more because I love this so much. Okay, like where, where are this person's pants? Like they only have shirts. Where are their shoes? How do you find a belt? And then after, it's like magic. And I love it so much. One of the really important things if somebody invites you in to help declutter, and I always want to be invited back, is one very important rule, and that's this. Never, ever, ever laugh about their stuff until they do. You guys know this, like you're thinking it's trash and it is a treasure and it has like a two hour story behind why this is so valuable. So 
You need to honor their stuff in the process. So I've been thinking about this experience the last couple of weeks, and I don't know about January, but January I've got to declutter. It's just something about January and about the joy that I experienced. And it occurred to me that like, we need to do some internal decluttering in our relationships. And I think some that can have an amazing impact on our relationships. And so today we're going to talk about decluttering in terms of honoring each other. What will we keep? What will we toss? What will we repair? Our verses are from Romans 12, 9 and 10. And it says this, love must be sincere. It needs to be genuine. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Now, honoring means to show respect. And we honor people because they are each created in the image of God. I love what my friend Sarah says. Um, she says, I'm for you because Jesus is for you. And Andy Stanley may have that, said that before Sarah. I am for you like we sang, and Jesus is for you. The scripture, unfortunately, doesn't say only honor people who honor you, does it? It doesn't say that. It says honors others above yourself because of our devotion to God and to each other. Honoring friends, when I think about it, is an activity that happens over time in relationships. And as we honor, things change. Things change inside of us and inside of the relationship. And God can do some really holy work. I don't know if you guys got to watch the royal wedding. You got at the crack middle of the night to watch Prince Harry and Meghan get married. The man who officiated at his service is Bishop Michael Curry, and I love the way he says this. The opposite of love isn't hate, it's selfishness. And unselfish living doesn't mean ignoring yourself or being a doormat, but it means honoring each other like this verse talked about. So one of, what I did, I started in like December, I was like, how did Jesus honor? Like, what did that look like for him? So I began reading the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tell the life of Jesus and the story. And I found things along the way that were common. The first one was like, who did Jesus honor? And he honored the thieves. He honored the tax collectors like Zacchaeus, and he went to their homes. Like, tax collectors were bad dudes. They weren't just the IRS. They were like an IRS agent who was also putting, hey, you need to give me 100 bucks more to line my pocket. He honored those who were suffering physically, blind, deaf, paralyzed, and also the unclean and the untouchable people that everybody in society looked down on. He honored and acknowledged their suffering. He honored people who cheated. He honored adulterers. He honored women. You guys, when Jesus lived on this earth, women couldn't own property, they couldn't vote, they couldn't speak in court, they couldn't inherit, they couldn't even get, they couldn't do what you guys are doing now, which is receiving theological instruction. Jesus was countercultural in terms of how he honored women. And in such powerful ways, they were like in his group of people, his disciples, and they were also pro proclaimers, the very first um, evangelists for Jesus were women. They went to the tomb and he was gone and they said, go tell, the angel said, go tell people that this is happening. I love how he treated women with dignity and worth. 
He treated the poor with such honor and children. So the disciples, there were parents who wanted to bring their children to Jesus. Wouldn't you want to do that and have him pray and bless you? And the disciples were like, no, they were like the bodyguards. You guys stay back. You're not allowed. And Jesus says this to, to the disciples, let these children alone. Don't get between them and me. These children are the kingdom's pride and joy. Mark this, unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. So he not only honored kids, he was like, hey, be like kids, have a childlike faith. Jesus honored people with different skin colors. When we read the Bible, there are lots of different colors of skin from light to dark, folks from the Middle East and Africa. And Simon of Cyrene, who carried, had the honor of carrying the cross for Jesus up to Calvary, was from Africa, a place called Libya today. Tony Evans writes, there is no question that dark-complected people played prominent roles in biblical events. I love that in Heartland Kids, we have Bibles, the Beginner's Bible and the Storybook Bible, that show all the different shades of color of skin in people. When I was a kid 50 years ago, that wasn't true. Jesus said, this is, might be the hardest one for me, you guys. He said, honor even your enemies. In Matthew 5, he said, you heard the law that says love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In a way, you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. Jesus was offering a guide, you guys, about how to work through difficult relational situations. Jesus honored everyone, everybody. And so must we. That's what we're called to. The people who think like us, the people who don't, the people who voted like us, the people who don't, the people who look like us, and the people who don't. So no matter where you are in your faith journey, you may still be figuring out who Jesus is to you. The Holy Spirit is speaking all the time. And the way we talk about it around here is nudges, like you kind of get a nudge from God, and obviously a nudge from God needs to align with Scripture. It's not like I need to go rob Chick-fil-A to, to care for my family. It, it's a nudge that's aligned with Scripture. And so as we listen today, what, what I want you to be listening for is like, what nudges are you receiving from God? Like, first of all, the who. Is there someone that came to mind when I talked about honoring that you thought, I wish this person would really honor me? And I got those people too, friends. And I have one person as I was writing this message that we have some differences, and these differences have created distance. And so here's the good news about nudges. God nudges. And what we need to do is just cooperate with that and act on it. So maybe for you, the, the nudge about who to honor is somebody that lives in your own home or in your own family, and you kind of take them for granted. They're so awesome and helpful and um, patient and kind that you forget to honor them. Maybe you, it's for you it's a boss or a teacher or a relationship with a conflict. Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's someone you need to unfollow on social media because reading their posts make it really hard to honor them. And you need to take the relationship off the internet and into real life conversation in person or on the phone. 
It might be an ex-spouse. My daughters, Amy and Stacy, their dad and I divorced when they were little. And I think some of the most important work we do is to honor the parents of our kids. Whether we're married or not, we need to honor the other parent, even if that parent is choosing not to honor you. I know that's really hard. Maybe it's someone who's suffering right now that you need to honor, but who is God whose face is showing up for you? The good news is we don't do this by ourselves. The Holy Spirit is our partner, and he will nudge you and help you to act. One of the things, maybe you have a person comes up and you're like, I don't even know where to start, Michelle, and I want to honor this person at all. I don't have the desire. I'd encourage you to start praying for them at the same time every day. I pray at night right as I turn out the light for my person. And I pray a prayer that Tom Bronner taught me years ago. Especially when you don't know what to pray or how to pray. Pray for God's highest and best for this person. Would you do that for the next 30 days? I think it would change your process. I know it has mine. It's changed my attitude towards this person. It helped me, helps me see strengths that I didn't see before. It helps me have compassion about what they're up against. So who is God nudging you today that you need to honor? The next thing I noticed as I read the Gospels is Jesus spoke to people with honor. Cling to what is good and hate what is evil. And I think the words in Ephesians 4.29 really expressed how Jesus communicated. It wasn't that he wasn't also honest. He told the truth in love. But it says this, and never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth. But instead, let your words be beautiful gifts that encourage others to do this by speaking words of grace to help them. And here's what I know about you, Heartland. You guys are already doing this with your words because I benefit from it. I hear what you're doing. And I'm going to, as we declutter and we think about our words, I'm going to put them into four different buckets that are really helpful that I stole from Mark Batterson. One of the first ones is wow. When you have a nudge, when you think, man, that person is really good at that, tell them, say it out loud. It's not kissing up to do that. What if it's the Holy Spirit giving you the word that that person needs to hear right now? Like, you can't be complete strangers. Like, who has not been in the grocery store or Target, and you see that parent whose kid is completely melting down, but they're being kind and gentle and patient and I just say, way to go. You were, you were parenting well. That mom, that dad needed to hear that. But what do you need to say? Don't, don't edit yourself. Sometimes it's with people you work with, and you know they've been working on the same project for six months, and you've thanked them. But maybe they need a thank you tomorrow about how they've been steadfast and they've persevered through it. The next thing, these next two we teach little children. They're some of the very first words past mom and dad that we want kids to say. And the first one is thank you. Man, it's just so powerful to say thank you. And I think sometimes we get so busy, we forget to thank some of the people that are most important to us. In your school, in your workplace, in your home. Once again, if an idea pops up to thank somebody, just text them. I love that. Pick up the phone. Drop them, uh, write them a note. Just say thank you for how you've added to my life. And the next one is please. 
Don't we want little kids to say please when they ask for something? No matter if you've been on the phone with the customer service people for like 45 minutes trying to help you with your account, using words like please and thank you are so helpful and honoring to the other. The last one is kind of falls in the repair pile, and that's sorry. For me, you guys, if, if I've said something or done something and I can't seem to get it out of my brain, do you ever have this? Like you've done something and they're like, okay, if it's there tomorrow, I'm gonna do something. And God just seems to remind us this way, won't let that nudge go away. I literally script it out um, because I wanna own my part. I wanna say, I'm sorry. I was wrong, will you forgive me? I wanna do this differently. And FYI, a real apology is not saying, I'm sorry that you, I upset you. Like, that's not taking any personal responsibility. It's saying I was wrong. And if I would think it's being a parent, like, these four words can be guiding and directing us all the ups and downs and craziness of parenting, especially during COVID. Wow, thank you, please, and I'm sorry. Another way Jesus honored people was through serving. Right, um, the last supper he had with his disciples, and they're going to go, um, he's going to be crucified. He gets on the ground, and he takes a basin of water, and you have to remember that they didn't have tennis shoes on with nice clean socks. They had sandals with dirt and grime, and I'm sure they smelled terrible. And he got down and did a servant's role of just washing their feet. The intimacy and the caring of that is huge. Tomorrow um, is Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. And many of you have the day off. And it is also a national day of service. And so what way tomorrow could you do this? I know it's harder to find ways to serve other people because of COVID. Um, let me share a couple, and you can also Google, what can I do inside my own home? First of all is the gift of time, maybe a conversation with someone you know is lonely. I have a friend, when she makes a recipe on the weekend, she doubles it and takes it to a neighbor or someone she knows that it would really make their week. Maybe the next time it snows, I, it was so fun hearing about families that were shoveling other people's driveways. Man, what a gift of service. And since Labor Day, Heartland Kids reopened. And I'm grateful to these folks whose names you see on the screen. These are people who are serving. They are Heartland Kids owners. And you know what they're doing each week, you guys? They're stepping into community, and they're helping kids find community to build relationships to make Jesus first. We're much smaller, you guys, if you haven't been here. We used to be about 350 kids, and now we're... 50 to 60 and do all the safety protocols. But I love serving with these owners. And you know what? It's so poignant, the gift of space they're giving to these kids' parents. If you, have, if you were parenting children in COVID, you have an extra hard job. And we want to give you an hour to have the gift of space to encounter God. And we, we have fun, we learn about the Bible, we do crafts, we do games and singing. We're doing this really fun thing with sponges that I'm missing today in the Littles area. As owners, we are helping kids learn about Jesus. And here's what happens every week is I learn something about Jesus through the kids, through the Bible story. So who 
might God be nudging you to serve this week? The last thing I noticed about Jesus is that he honored differences, and he didn't take it personally when people passionately disagreed with him. And he had a lot of people disagreeing with him, like the religious elite disagreed with him, the, um, his family disagreed with him, the disciples also disagreed with him and were clueless. But he responded with honor, and he didn't take it personally. And honestly, as I've been working on this message, I know my nudge is around this area. I need to toss taking it personally when someone disagrees with me. Um, I learned this idea from my new favorite podcast. Her name is Kendra um, Adachi, and she's called The Lazy Genius because she helps you focus on what matters and be lazy about the rest. And I listened to this podcast on election day about loving people you disagree with, and here is one of the things that really stuck out to me. She said, I'm not saying it's easy, but I think remembering we can be passionate and see things differently, even things that feel fundamentally opposed and still love each other. It's such an important hallmark of a friendship. We don't have to take each other's passions so personally that the relationship, thinking the relationship is doomed. Love always wins, always, always wins. And the Holy Spirit has gotten clear with me that I need to work on this with certain people in my life. I don't know about you, but I can take things personally when we have differences. I can get defensive, I can get silent, I can power up, I can get reactive, I can distance, and none of those things are honoring other people. And I realize that I'm not creating a safe space in this relationship for us to talk about hard things. Maybe next time they won't even bring it up to me because I'm not a safe space. So when I feel myself, I don't know, I start feeling it right here, like the anxiety starts going up when I'm taking stuff personally and I ask the Holy Spirit, like, please, please, please help me not freak out. Help me not vent, help me hear God's voice to make a wise choice, to listen, to get curious, to underreact, to shut up sometimes. Sometimes I need to wait to actually talk about it. I just need to ask questions and listen and to not be judgy. And dude, this has been hard with COVID for all of us. We've talked about how we are all in the same storm, but we are in different boats. Some of us have health issues um, and safety issues because of themselves or people in, the, in their family. And I, uh, and there, we feel different about what feels safe and what feels comfortable. And it's important not to take other people's choices personally and to honor the choices that they're making. For me, it's easier to do in writing. So this fall, my prayer was, oh, please, Lord, let me get to go see my kids for Christmas who live in California. And COVID has hit California in much harder ways than where we are today. And so I was too scared, honestly, to ask them on the phone, so I wrote them separately a letter. I was wondering if you'd feel comfortable seeing me at Christmas. And if so, what safety precautions do you think are necessary to see me? 
it was so helpful to ask what the other person is thinking and what they were comfortable with. And I think this is how we honor people and to the best of our ability, trying to honor those requests. You guys know the end of the story because I got to go, woohoo, and I got to go help organize their closets and kitchen. And I can't tell you how good it was to be with them and to hug them as a single person. Oh my gosh, such a gift. But we had to work through our differences. Bishop Michael Curry says this, Jesus teaches the way of love. Those are the two great commandments. Love God, love people, love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, he didn't teach us the way of agreement. Love should dominate our relationships, not agreements or disagreements. And the Holy Spirit, friends, will help us not take other people's passions and differences personally. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in love, and honor one another above yourself. What's your next step? What do you need to keep, because you're doing some things great in terms of honoring, and talk about that today. What do you need to toss? What do you need to get rid of? And what maybe do you need to repair? Here's some suggestions. First, just take the Emotionally Healthy Relationship class. It's on Tuesday. I've done it. I love it. I use the principles. Ask your best friend who lives in Toledo to join you. With Zoom, it's beautiful. Put the kids to bed. Join us. The next one is pray for that person that you feel called to honor. Pick a time every day and pray for their highest and best. Speak honoring words when you get those nudges. Say, wow, thank you, please, and I'm sorry. Serve others with your gift of your time. And maybe you're like me, you need to work on choosing not to take differences personally. Would you guys pray with me? Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that is with us even now right in this room, and you're nudging and you're speaking all the time to us. Father, help us have the courage to partner with you to honor those in our lives, to honor the person whose face came up. God, it would be so much easier if that person would start honoring us, but I don't think it's the way that works. I think we're called to step out first and honor I pray for my friends online and in this room, God, that you would help us to honor each other above ourselves. We won't do this perfectly, God. Show us where we're doing well and you're encouraged and teach us where we need to move differently. Father, when I think about my family that I've been a part of for 57 years, and the dramas and the ups and downs, and I love them so much, but I think about some of our stories would have been very different if each of us would have been honoring the other. And so help us, Lord, to honor our family well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you guys so much. If you're at home, you can start organizing and decluttering if you want to. So grateful to be with you guys today and have an awesome day.